We're back on Locked On Coyotes with the Arizona Coyotes season now over. It is time to begin our season and review series of the show. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the three things that went wrong for Arizona. What do you think went wrong? We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Locked On Coyotes, brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for a twenty dollars off your first purchase. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me. We want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get to uh, the, you know, our season review, Carl. Arizona Coyotes uh, finished um, not as bad as we thought. Um, you know, it's still a lottery team, but not that's obviously what we expected. Um, but not as bad as we thought. Yeah, going into it, um, a lot of people looked at the Coyotes roster and thought that it was going to be one of the worst teams in the history of the cap, um, it was not. Um, I think a lot of that to do is, you know, people were looking at last year. There's always a question of if player success is going to continue. It's Lawson Krause, Clayton Keller, those kind of players going to do the same thing that they did last year. Are rookies like Barrett Hayton going to step up? What about Jack McBain? Um, Matias Michelli wasn't really someone anyone could plan for. And yeah, those players took necessary steps and it was not the worst team in cap history. It was not the worst team this season. There were plenty of worst teams. Um, I, I don't think the coyotes can be the worst team without doing like serious destruction at this point. Absolutely. Arizona ended up finishing uh, sixth from the bottom uh, with a record of uh, 28, 40 and 14 for uh 70 points, Carl, um, which uh, I think what we had at the beginning of the year, we did a over under on point totals. I believe it was, uh, what, what was it, like 63 and a, 63 and a half or something like that, maybe like 62. And we're like, and we're like, yeah. no, it's going to be under than that. Um, but they end up going well over that to 70. So, I mean, you know, I, 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 I give them credit for, for improving a lot this year. But despite improving, Carl, lots of issues that this Arizona Coyotes team still faced. Um, and we're going to get to those. And let's start with this first one. Um, this team was a very poorly disciplined team. Took way too many penalties. Yes, uh, they were not the most penalized team in the NHL. That was the Ottawa Senators. They are the fourth most penalized team um, in terms of net penalties, you know, penalties they took versus penalties um, taken by other teams against them. They were the worst, um, just way too 
undisciplined. I think uh, a special note needs to go to the uh, too many men on the ice penalty, which was a constant problem throughout the season. Yeah, those are like simple. That's like, for example, too many men in the ice is is a simple fundamental like error that like you need to figure out. Um, You know, I say that as someone who has uh, been um, called on that on my own team when playing hockey. Um, It happens. But at the NHL level, like if it, you know, if it happens once, like, okay, you know, it happens. But it happens so many times. There's something wrong. I mean, let's look at the fact that, you know, the the roster definitely overperformed, but there's still a very either young or not skilled team that leads to penalties. Um, they also didn't necessarily have the chance to practice all that much. Like the Coyotes went on some monster road trips. Like that is going to hurt your ability to. I don't think know. they believed in practicing. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely like there are reasons why, um, but. Like, you kind of need the team to eventually figure that thing out. Yeah, I'm looking at right now. Their average age this year, by the way, was 26.3. Dang. That is very young. And, and, you know, we we see this a lot. Like, especially with older guys, the Coyotes had a couple. Um, You get beat on the play. You take a dumb penalty to prevent a goal from being scored. Or just overall lack of discipline in the offensive zone um it was pretty much a constant problem throughout the year yeah and you know and like we said with that with with that uh you know with that youth you're gonna expect stuff like that but you know you'd also hope with the uh the coaching that it's just like you over time it becomes less and less prevalent um, yeah. And like it slowly did, but it still was an issue. They still like kept popping up. That's um, the very last game. Yes. Yes. It's, um, I mean, it's going to be Bears third year next season. Hopefully it, it gets better then. Uh, hopefully as the roster gets more skilled, they're not getting beat as much. They They take fewer penalties. Hopefully they, can practice more, they get more disciplined, take fewer too many men on the ice because it, it it was just a killer. Like looking at the other teams, the Ottawa Senators and Florida Panthers are also highly penalized, but it's you know not really the same thing. They can overcome those penalties in a way that the Coyotes cannot. And both teams drew like a lot more penalties too. So they were penalized, but they were drawing penalties too yeah exactly so like so you look at essentially the the ratio like the ratio of it like it 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 really hit in that way the coyotes need like you know that's one thing they need to focus on need to focus on on that we'll see what coaching is um in terms of uh discipline throughout the offseason uh you know what certain players do maybe they work on that confidence and and not needing to take dumb penalties or really avoiding the too many men as you as you as you talked about um but you also talked about you, you also mentioned that uh that uh other teams were drawing penalties and that was a uh, um one thing that ended up leading up to um, special teams as well right so 
but we'll get to that in a little bit, but you know, kind of give you kind of to get in every idea, you know, there's that two side of things. You take penalties, but you also uh, draw penalties. When you take them, you're on the kill. When you, when you draw them and you're on the, you're, you get on that power play. The Coyotes had some issues with both of them, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsors on the show. When you're drafting your fantasy team, uh, do you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can do that all with Indeed. Find the talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. And do you hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match the job descriptions the moment they sponsor a job. When you sponsor on Indeed post, you are three times more likely to get a hire, according to Indeed Research. And the right candidate is doing everything they can to find you. If you use Indeed, you can make sure you're doing everything you can to find them. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. You can visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's continue, Carl, talking about the issues the Coyotes had. And I, talk, and, and, and I um, you know, teed it up talking about the penalties. Um, with the penalties being an issue, uh, special teams was also a problem. If they're on the power play, power play wasn't great. But let's start talking about, let's, let's start with penalty kill because it kind of, you know, gives a perfect uh, segue from penalties because the penalty, was, penalty kill was uh, very, very lackluster. Yep, uh, ranked 27th in the league with a 74.6% uh, kill um, rating. Yeah, it's it wasn't good. Um, and, like, you know, you are going to expect something like that to happen when you are a team that's more heavily penalized. Yes. But also, likewise, you know, some of the better teams out there can be one. Let's say we have a team that's the most penalized team um, uh, because let's say they're just a very physical team. And so they get a lot of penalties, but that team can also have one of the best penalty kills because, well, they have the talent for it. The Coyotes. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. Like I mentioned the Tampa Bay lightning, our team that took more penalties than the coyotes mm -hmm. they not only have the the roster to kind of like overcome a deficit if it happens but just in terms of their penalty kill they were at 15th um in the league which still not great um not one of the top but it's makes a big difference uh the coyotes gave up a lot of power play goals um it really affected them because they also take penalties at the worst possible moments we talked about like coyotes score a goal take a penalty other team is able to even things up that happened a lot coyotes give up a goal take a penalty other team compounds their lead happened a lot 
It did. And, you know, I have to think about um, a team that, that, that would allow opportunities like that. And it goes back to what we're talking about. It's the youth, right? Um, that's part of it. Um, it's a young team, but it's also the NHL. Um, you know, you, there are expectations and, um, you know, to be able to, to take penalties is one thing, but you know, penalty kills are what usually what in the 80% not to, um, to like, that's probably like what some of the, some of the av- like average, the high end, right. in the high eighties for, uh, for effectiveness. Um, the most effective penalty kill was the Boston Bruins with an eighty-seven point three percent. There you go, right? Um, that I was just I was right on there. So eighty-seven percent, I think. Well, so maybe the average is around like eighty-three, eighty-four percent. Um, Looks like this season it was actually like a lot of power play goals. It, so I would say like high seventies, low eighties was the average. Mm-hmm. The Coyotes were definitely way lower than that in the low seventies. Yeah, um, low seventies is something that is to me it's that's unacceptable. Like you want to be right around the average um, at the very least, especially if you're a team that's going to take that many penalties. Yeah, um, it's like yeah, sure, that's fine, but you got to kill. You got to have the personnel that can kill off a penalty. Absolutely, um, and they, they don't have that. I think they need to work on getting defensemen uh, because defensemen, I, I don't think they necessarily had the best killing defensemen this season. No. Um, and they didn't. Well, and they, let's, and let's, and let's be honest um, through, especially the latter part of the season, you know, the towards the end of the season, not much of defense as a whole. Yeah. You, you give up Nick Bukestad, who was great on the penalty kill. Um, Shane Gostisbehere was also, uh, I believe, a big-time killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chikrin wasn't utilized on the kill very much because they were wanted to boost his numbers. So, right. Um, I, I, I do think that there are tweaks that they can make, but I also wonder if it's a system issue because it could it could be both. I'm not sure. Uh, I am not a penalty kill expert so i haven't broken it down yet but at some point something's got to give yeah and we talked about um special teams um penalty kill a little bit less we talked about power play um last season and how you know egregious the power play was um you know i think you and i had a lot of hope i think when you know the coyotes brought in more assistant coaches or new assistant coaches um, one of which that was known for a little more special teams work, especially. Um, so, like, I had hope, Carl, that the Coyotes' special team as a whole, penalty kill and power play, would improve a decent amount. I wouldn't say greatly, but a decent amount, a noticeable amount. Uh, I thought they did, especially on the power play at the beginning of the year. Like I think they had a really good power play at the beginning of the year, and then we dropped back off and went back to okay, this is what it was like last year. So yeah. what's the issue? I, I will say this: um, 
You are right. They definitely had a much better power play to start the season. Everyone seemed to figure him out, though. Uh, last season, they finished with 16.6% um, success on the power play. This past season, uh, it was 18.9. They went from being third worst to 24th in the league. So that is a step. They're it's at least improvement. moving in the it right direction. It is an improvement. Um, I think a lot of that probably goes with some of the personnel having career years. Yes. Um, and taking advantage on the on on the power uh, on the power play. Uh, but that's you know that I mean you'd expect you you would hope something would be the case right that uh, of that right of a player having a career year stats elsewhere are going to start rising a little bit as team stats. Yeah. And, you know, you would also hope that with next season, with, like, the addition of, like, Dylan Gunther full-time, potentially Logan Cooley, we're going to see that continue to rise. Uh, I am less concerned with the power play than I am with the penalty kill. The power play was still not great, but it is improving in a way that the penalty kill, I feel, kind of stagnated. Yes, Um I think even the penalty kill as compared to last year might have even taken a slight step back. Let me pull up last year's number. I, it, I felt like there were a lot more issues this year. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, so last season, 74.8% uh, killed. Uh, they were 29th in the league. So... Definitely killed more penalties last year than they did this year. Um, and But they're higher in the standing, so there's I kind of consider that a wash. It at least is not a step in the right direction. It's more of a stagnant. It's a sidestep. Yeah. It's like they, they, they changed something, but it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of teams got worse than them. So that that's kind of something. If a bunch of people are dropping and you stay the same, like, I'm not going to knock that. You didn't get worse, especially as, you know, we saw an increase in scoring this season. Exactly. Well, uh, the, you know, there's still, uh, you know, one more, one more thing that we had to discuss on three things that, uh, that went wrong for the Arizona Coyotes this season. We'll go ahead and uh, wrap up our conversation in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsors on the show. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. I don't know about you guys, but I always have an issue when I'm trying to buy uh, sports tickets online uh, or just event tickets online. And high prices are on the resale market, especially, are just absolutely feel, I feel like they're killing me. It all changed when I discovered the Game Time app. I was, I got a chance to get some amazing deals off their flash flash deals and last minute tickets that were able to get amazingly low prices for great locations. I was able to get Diamondback tickets uh, right along the baseline for really really cheap, and it, it, Game Time was the best place to find it. I was able to see exactly where I was going to sit before I uh, before I bought the ticket. Just to see how comfortable I would be, or how uh, with this with the uh, the eyesight, the sight lines, I should say. 
Um, so I absolutely love game time and the way they actually help you find your seats and get the, make sure you can get them for the lowest possible deals. You can snag tickets without the stress on game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account at and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Down, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So let's uh, let's finish off, Carl, um, and I'll turn to you. Let's see what, what you got. Get let's get it. I mean, uh, you know, get kind of you know switch things up. Let's get you to tee it up. Sure. So you know, we've talked about penalties. We've talked about special teams. Five on five play is still a vital area of hockey. It's when most of the game is played, and a problem that I've seen with the Coyotes this year was the lack of secondary scoring. You had that top line, Clinton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, um, Barrett Hayton there for a significant chunk. I mm-hmm. thought that line did really well. You got your second line, uh, Lawson Kraus, Matthias Michelli, Nick Bukestad, Jack Bain, kind of split, I think, pretty evenly between those two. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, not too much. So we got a, what, 35 goal season from Keller. We got a, 20 plus goal season from Lawson Kraus. Um, Nick Schmaltz, how many did he have? Uh, Nick Schmaltz had me bring 22. There we go. Uh, but beyond that, like it's a it's a pretty decent drop. Barrett Hayton, 19, credit to the kid. Um, but you the team needs more offense, they were one of the least offensive teams in the league. And you can't just rely on the top line for everything. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, and I'm going to make a comparison. It's going to be an unfair comparison, but I'm still going to make it. Um, You look at, um, you know, as much as, you know, we're going to go praise Clayton Keller, for example, for being, you know, for tying the the most points for in, you know, in Coyotes history um, for a single season. that you know, eighty some odd points is still not a lot. You know, still not would, would not even be close to the top three for you know a playoff team. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, this was a year scoring was up. There was multiple hundred point players. Mm-hmm. Uh, could Keller hit a hundred points um, with a consistent line? Maybe. Um, I, I think it's definitely within the realm of possibilities, but. Even with that, like you shut down the Keller line, you just have to shut down Kraus. Oh, yeah, outside of that, it's you know, it's like what you're gonna rely on, um, you know, Liam O'Brien or like Zach Cassian to do any scoring, like and blue line, especially. Like, I thought JJ Mosier, Yusuf Valmaki had great seasons for for younger players. But they're not like they didn't even have ten goals each. Like no coyote player at the end of the season had ten goals. Or no coyote defenseman at the end of the season had ten goals. That's that's not good enough. Yeah, you know, especially now that we're starting to see a lot more puck moving defensemen, you know, puck moving offensive defensemen out there. Yeah. Um and 
yeah, sure. You can you can have stay at home defensemen, true defensemen that that you know that that live up to their names. But you look at um, other defensemen. There are defensemen out there that get like hundred point seasons. Yeah. Um, that's those are like complete complete outliers. So I'm not going to say, hey, Coyotes, go get yourself a hundred point you know scoring defenseman. Yeah. But at least one that can do a little more work. You know, someone that can help you know supplement the offense. And, and it should be noted that, you know, you had the the one-two punch of Jacob Chikrin, Shane Gossespierre. So I, I get not having it because you trade your two best defensemen. Right. But, but I also don't necessarily think that Mosier or Valimaki, who, again, I, I was impressed by, are going to be like... They're not, they're not a... They're, they're like, you can't have, they, you can't have them, your one and two defensemen next yeah. year. There's... I mean, we'll we'll break that down even more in depth later in later in our uh, off season series. But you just cannot do that. They like, are they good? Yes, they're like a, they're like second pairing D men at best. Yeah, and, and I do think if we can get like a good season out of, um, you know, Dylan Gunther next season, that that is going to go a long way. But the Coyotes need more scoring. Um, it's kind of how you win hockey games. You score more goals than the other team. It's a great, it, 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 it is an amazing, an amazing concept, isn't it? <laughs> it? It's, it's so simple, but like, ultimately, like, that's what you do. Like, there's a lot that goes into hockey, but you need to score more goals than the other people. Exactly. But, you know, but you but you're right. You know, you, ha- you have to see the um, you know, secondary scoring go up and we didn't. Um, but you know, there's a chance that, you know, things could be different next year. Um, there are a decent amount of players who aren't uh, who aren't uh, rostered or aren't con- you know, on their contract past next year, so it's hard to tell exactly what the team will be. Yeah. But, but yeah. and, and there's a chance that like Nick Schmaltz is no longer your top line uh, wing. Like you move him down, and then you have like a little bit more danger there. Um, if 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 Gunther is really able to take that next step, if Cooley is able to, if Cooley signs with the team and does that, like you could get secondary scoring that way by adding offense and just moving everyone down. But I'm not sure if that's what the team is going to do. Long term, they like, you know, they have to really. That's what they had to think about. They had to think long term, um, you know. And you can inject Gunther into Cooley in there, but uh, but past that, you know, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, in order to win, like you need four lines, and the Coyotes have. One and a half, two at this point. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a fan of that saying that you need four lines, on, like all the time. It's, um, uh, you know, it's a thing that the best hockey teams out there, like you see a fourth line on a Stanley Cup team, you know, do be almost just as important as 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 the uh, top six. 
Absolutely. That said, anything that uh, you want to close things off on? Uh, I, I do think that these these are pretty big problems for the Coyotes, but not necessarily things that can't be overcome. Like right. these are expected problems for a rebuild. For a rebuilding team, especially, right? You know, like uh, it's you know you you look at where the Coyotes were um, last year, and you look at where they were. Um, you know, in the previous year, yes, they kind of were on the bubble and whatever. That was a weird year, but you know, I feel like they're, you know, they are, it's inching. I wouldn't say trending, but inching towards the right direction. Absolutely. Anyways, though, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. As part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just want to give you guys a heads up. Be sure to tune tune into tomorrow's episode. We're going to uh, talk about uh, well, three things to ho- have a uh, hope going into next season. We're gonna uh, so just be sure to stay locked in to Locked On Coyotes. In the meantime, don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/LockedOnCoyotes. And on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlock is at five or howling. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys stay safe out there. Hope you guys stay healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Ah!